How are we going, mates? Welcome back to another episode of The Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland-Smith. I'm about to be joined by fellow Aussie MLB All-Star, Balfrage, the man himself, Grant Balfour. We've got Coey the Apprentice, and we have our special guest this week from the Tampa Bay Rays. He's a three-time gold glover. That is Kevin Kiermaier. I can't wait to meet this guy. I've never met him, never spoke to him. This is going to be my first for me. I love watching this guy play. Had a big walk-off hit last week. It was so much fun. Cannot wait to dive in. Before we get into everything we have going on, from word of the day, we're going to give you a little Aussie history lesson uh, and everything else with, with Kevin Kiermaier. Before we get into that, a couple of things. Number one, thank you everyone who's donated money to uh, the flood victims in Lismore in Australia, in the far north coast. I have been doing cameos after cameos, and I love it. Uh, I love getting on the cameo and giving pep talks or giving birthday shout-outs or whatever it may be. Uh, if you want a shout-out and you want to donate money to Lismore, they've seen the worst floods in history, go to www.thetopstep.com. You can see it right there. There's a link. You can get a shout-out from Grant Balfour or myself. Uh, and that money, all that money, every cent goes towards helping out uh, the, the flood relief uh, from the flood devastation up in Lismore. Also, if you can, if you haven't, if you're new to the show, everyone from Tampa Bay who's jumping on because they figured out that their old mate Grant Balfour's hosting a podcast with Kevin Kiermaier, make sure you go subscribe. We have got so many good shows coming up with the best players in the game joining us. People from all around baseball and outside of baseball. We're going to have all kinds of people joining us. So make sure you go subscribe. Uh, go check it, check us out at www.thetopstep.com. Social, social media is at the Top Step Podcast. Make sure you give us a follow. Tell your mates. All right, we've got a lot of fun things coming up. But let's get right to it. It's Grant Balfour, Coey the Apprentice, and Kevin Kiermaier. Join me right here on the Top Step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. <laughs> Face a Hall of Famer. Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life. <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. But what an inning it was. As six. Victor Martinez and Grant Balfour join and benches and cleared. My goodness. This this is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. It's not personalized, but he talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, Fellas, how we going? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, excellent. Coey the Apprentice, how are we? I'm good. I'm excited about talking to Kevin Kiermaier today. I think oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Me too, man. Grant's been talking about this guy. And again, I know who Kevin Kiermaier is. Don't get me wrong. And I've watched him. Uh, again, he's played in the playoffs a bunch with the Tampa Bay Rays, three-time gold glover. I can't wait to talk to him. But the way Grant's talking about this bloke, mate, you'd think he was Jesus coming on the podcast. <laughs> hey, mate. He, he walks around in center field like he's Jesus. That's true. Yeah, he does. He yeah. does. I mean, he, he rams that rams that area pretty good. Yeah, just robbing homers and yeah, walking no, he, dudes just off. A, just a good bloke, mate. Like I said, he's a he's a good bloke. Guy that works hard, worked hard to get to where he's got to get to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you always root for guys like that. Just a good bloke on and off the field, and yeah, gonna be really good fun getting to talk to him. 
Yeah, he's about to jump on here in two seconds. We're waiting for him to call in. But before we get into that, Grant, first of all, hey, by the way, I was thinking about this too. He met you when you were at the end of your career. Is this a different Grant Balfour from the – we now Coey was fantastic in cutting a clip of you. We talked about the intentional walk. If you haven't had a chance, go on social on follow um, at the Top Step Podcast. Go on social media. There's a great clip that Coey cut up. Grant, I don't know if you've seen it or not, mate. He's basically uh, you. You tell the story about Joe Madden making you walk the guy in with yeah. walk the guy intentionally walk the guy load of bases. Coey yeah. did a fantastic job of cutting the clip up. It's awesome. It's hilarious. Go check it out. But that was the that was the 2008 version of Grant Balfour. You were on another level, mate. And then you got to Oakland, and then you took it to another level. But when you went back to Tampa, was this was he running into the same Balfrage that we saw, or what? Yeah, mate. I mean, I was trying. I was trying never to stopped. keep it going. I was trying to keep it going, mate. I, I think I, I left it all on the field, mate. I, I left everything I had out there on the field. I gave it my everything. Uh, whatever I had in me, that's what I took to the field. Yeah, I can honestly say I, I probably left everything, my my right arm, elbow, shoulder, out there on the mound. <laughs> Coey, for real quick, I've had people like write to me saying, hey, dude, Grant seems way different than when he pitched. <laughs> I swear to God, lately I'm like... I was just going to say, I mean, I grew up watching Grant pitch. I remember him pitching in the All-Star game and he was this crazy Australian with veins popping. I was like, oh my God. And then I talked to him. He's a nice guy. He's got a good little smile. Like, oh, he's, you know, he's a human. He's fine. Yeah. I was it's expecting so, him to yeah. yell at me from minute number one. Grant, yeah, I had to do it. I swear to God, man. get as fired up sitting in the office as it was in front of, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 people while you're out on the mound facing someone and competing. Definitely different. I, I had a guy, um, I was walking, this was actually uh, opening week, like the first home stand. I'm walking the concourse because we have a set out at center field when we do the pregame show. And the guy stops, hey, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, hey, I love your podcast. Oh, thanks. Anytime someone brings up the podcast, I always stop and you know, pay attention. But he's like, oh, I'm from the Bay Area. You know, Grant Balfour, I used to love watching him pitch, but he doesn't seem like the guy I used to watch. I'm sitting there just trying <laughs> not to die laughing. Oh, my God, dude. Insane. All right. Okay, uh, listen. We're going to get to something real quick. I want to say, Grant, big – now, Carl, you're going to get a little Australian education here. Big, happy Anzac Day, mate. Yeah, mate. Anzac Day just brings back great memories, mate. It's, uh, you know, I sit there and the, the Australian, the New Zealand Army Corps, the Imperial Corp forces joining together and fighting there back in World War One, And again, after that, um, we lost a lot of men back there. But uh, the real heroes, mate, we sit here and we talk about, you know, baseball and we've been there and people think oh yeah we're the heroes playing base but we know after being off being on the field the real heroes are these blokes that are giving their lives basically yeah. they're going out there on the front line and these guys went into it not knowing anything honestly i mean they went in there to try to make a difference but they were they were taken out hard i mean they fought hard but there was about eight thousand soldiers i believe that died back then and uh it's been ever Ever uh, for a memorable day. Yeah. Uh, everyone stops, has that moment of silence. And, uh, you know, if you're from Australia, New Zealand, or even different parts of the world um, where there's a lot of Aussies, New Zealanders, it's just something that uh, very close to our heart. And we just wanted to reach out to uh, the people today and just, you know, wish them a happy Anzac Day. I've got to say happy birthday to my brother in law, falls on Anzac Day. So, there 10 50, the big 5 0 for the big fella. He's a Canuck, isn't he? He's Canadian, isn't he? 
Yeah, he's Canadian, mate. He's part of the Commonwealth, so you know, I'll sneak him in there. <laughs> there you go. That, that works. Yeah, you mentioned you, you mentioned Anzac Day, man. I remember being a kid, and I used to like it because you you get off school and you get to go march down the street down to the RSL. Now, you get to the RSL, right? Yeah. And RSL is an establishment in Australia. They're all over the place. They're basically coey there. And RSL is basically a club where it's it was set up for retired servicemen. servicemen. Yeah, servicemen and women. It's you can go eat there and stuff. And that always is it on every hour. I'm gonna get my mom's gonna kill me for this. Is on every hour you stop and moment of silence. Is that right, Grant? Uh, or mate, it's a certain I, time I, of day. I wish I could say. I don't know if the clock goes. Yeah, I, I can't honestly answer that. We'll have to. We'll have to you check. Have to in. look it up. So, well, so. anyway, I, but as a kid, man, you used to just go. Yeah, you know. Ian Zach used to like doing the march, whatever, and he used to be yeah, pumped up. You're like, oh, why is it? You know, some of these, you know, th- these these grandparents out here, they're, they're, why, why they start? You didn't quite get it. And then that movie, dude, remember the movie Gallipoli? Oh, yeah. Oh, Big man. One. That oh, was huge. a, Carly, do yourself a favor, mate. Go watch Gallipoli. Great Australian movie. And that just highlights it. It's almost just like hit- a saving private Ryan type yeah. thing. But it no. hits you hard, mate. You've got these Aussies just yeah. running out. Like the last scene is heavy, dude. Like, now, these yeah. dudes have never seen machine guns in their lives and just freaking arcs of bullets as they're jumping out of the trench, running across, like, just, just yep, go, go, keep going, keep going. Just send them out and just getting flattened. Dude. It was nuts. That yeah. movie hit me hard, man. I'll never forget. And I remember going back. I took my kids back and Amanda back to, to 1G RSL. I swear to God, man, 1G yeah. on Lake Macquarie. I hadn't yeah. been there since I was a kid. And I was like, man, like you just, you look at it differently now when you're, when you're an adult, you know, you used to yeah, smash you have an hands. appreciation for, yeah. for those guys for sure. Yeah. But everyone has a good time. Yeah. That leads us into the word of the day, the word yeah. of the day. And this is an Anzac day one, Grant, the word of the day, mate, is two up. Tell us about two up. What do we got? Two up, mate. I mean, uh, it doesn't get any better. So in the, usually, uh, you know, gambling on the streets is illegal. A lot of gambling in Australia uh, under the right circumstances, but gambling on the streets is illegal, except for on Anzac Day. They allow you to gamble. We play a game called Two Up. Basically, you get a ring of people, get a little board. It's like a little board with three rings on it. Flip it up. No, two. Hands up. Two, right? Oh, you yeah. Mean the, yeah, you flick it up the two coins. Sorry, the, t- the two coins, and uh, you got heads or tails. So whichever way it goes... Uh, two heads, two tails. You put the money under, you say, I got heads. The bloke next to you say, I got tails. And um, yeah, if it rolls up tails, you win. Rolls up heads, you win. It's just a bit of a back and forward. It's a good game. A few blokes, a few beers, and a little bit of street gambling just kind of for, for one day of the year on April 25th. Yeah, it's traditionally played on Anzac Day in pubs and clubs throughout Australia in part to, to mark a shared experience with diggers through the ages. Now, the diggers, Coey, and everyone who's listening, it's a mili- It's just like military. It's a military term or slang for you know soldiers, basically for Australian soldiers. Oh, he was a digger. You know, you know what I'm yeah. saying. So, so yeah. incorporating incorporating past words of the day here. Would Uh-oh. you play two up at a piss up? <laughs> well, uh-huh. yeah, you, you would. Yeah. Mate, Cowie, listen to you. Yeah. Now, if you if you missed the uh, the word of the day last week, go back and listen to it, new listeners. All the all our new listeners from Tampa, going, man, Grant Balfour is got a podcast. Who's listening to this? Because Kevin Kiermaier is about to join us. Cowie, I like it, mate. Throwing in last year's word of the day. That's there. You go. You could absolutely <laughs> do your own version of a two up at a piss up with your mates. <laughs> learning. I'm Here's learning. That day is a long weekend for sure. Watching the footy. The other thing, mate, I wanted to bring up the uh, the good old Anzac biscuits, mate. The bickies, oh, mate. that's right. How good are those? The Anzac biscuits. Oh, mate. Get some golden syrup in there. 
And um, oh mate, yeah, I'm gonna have. You could have them with your hot cross buns. Yeah, damn. Listen, I tell you what, mate. Uh, Nothing better than an Anzac biscuit, mate. It's it's hard to beat. Anzac Vickies. Uh, All right, guys. Hey, listen, Kevin Kiramai is in the waiting room as we speak. He's been in there for a couple minutes. I don't want to keep this guy waiting. He does have a big game to go play. Fresh off his walk off hip. Grant, you're going to have to do the honors here, mate. When he comes in, you're going to have to give him the big intro. It's it's your buddy. All right, we ready, guys? Bring him in. Yeah, mate. All right, let's do it. Hey, guys. Welcome to the top step. Uh, Today we got uh, Kevin Kiermaier, center fielder for the Tampa Bay Rays. Three-time Gold Glover, Platinum Award winner, and uh, many, many other awards to list. Yeah, one of, one of my favorites, uh, teammates when I was playing baseball with the Rays, uh, back in the day now. It's, it's been a while. But uh, KK, good to have you, mate. Thanks for having me on, fellas. I'm, I've been looking forward to this. It's an honor. Thank you. Kevin, hey, by the way, that's a big intro. Usually we just roll straight into it, but Grant's been excited. I've got to say, man, it's ever – Two months, about two months ago, we were planning on doing a bunch of in-person stuff in spring training. And the first dude, Grant, said, oh, I'm going to have KK. I'm going to have KK on straight yeah. away. So that's a, that's a that's a big intro. Dude. Hey, how's everything yeah. going to kick off the season? Like off to a slower start. Is it, uh, talk to us about the, the start of the season, dude. Yeah. Um, team's playing okay. Uh, definitely. I've had some some up and down moments team wise for me personally. I'm always a slow starter, and I'm I'm doing that once again. I don't know why I choose to do that, but uh, I've always I've always been known to do that. But at the same time, you know, uh, shortened spring training, all this. We're we're just trying to catch our stride, and I think there's a lot of players, a lot of teams like that throughout the league right now who are still just trying to to catch their groove and uh, get going from there, but. We're having a ton of fun so far. You learn a lot about yourselves, about your teammates early on this season when you got a little bit of adversity thrown your way, and that's what we have right now. And, uh, you know, we're not anywhere near playing our best baseball, but we're, we're getting closer, and once we do, watch out because we have a ton of talent once again, and uh, we got great vibes in that clubhouse. It's so much fun to be a part of, and we've had some really special teams in, in years past, and, it's looking like uh, we're going to have that again this year. So as a player, uh, that's exciting, and it's such a fun group to be a part of. Did you really feel that short in spring training? Like, was that a real thing? Did you notice a difference? For me, I did because the day I drove down to Port Charlotte, I caught crazy neck spasms, and I couldn't look left or right or up or down for – five or six days. So right when I showed, I'm telling you the day, like two hours before I started my drive down there, hour and a half, I could not move. Um, so that set me back a week. And then I had um, a growing issue like 10 days later after that, which put me down for five or six days. So I only played in a total of five games, I think, and had a couple of bats on the backfields. But, um, you know, you, you need some bats to, to – feel good and I definitely didn't get anywhere where I wanted but at the same time I felt I felt confident heading into the season it's just crazy how things can kind of you can dig yourself in a hole pretty quickly with uh you know how nasty pitchers are nowadays but that's okay um you know you just try to get better as the season goes on and as long as uh 
our, our team is playing well and, and we're winning ball games. That that's all that matters. And I know I'll get locked in, but I think from a position player standpoint, it definitely helps to get um, a certain amount of bats before the season starts. Um, and the short and spring training definitely affected that. But that's every player in baseball. We all had the same amount of time to get ready. So um, it is what it is. And, and uh, we're just happy we're playing 162. So we'll take it. Sorry, just on that, one more thing on that. Is it more about just because you just want to get to game speed? You can't mimic in the offseason what pitchers are doing now as far as like, you know, obviously the velo, obviously the way the ball's moving, everything else. Or is it more about just getting your swing right? Obviously, it's both. But the, that part where if guys are – I know you had a bunch of you know, issues going into spring training, but let's say you had a, let's say you had a regular – you know, you got, you got out of your car like, yeah, I'm good to go. Having those less weeks, is it more the fact of just, man, seeing live pitching at that level for the first time going, shit, these guys are frigging nasty? Or is it more about getting your swing right? A little bit of both. You know, for me, my whole career, uh, swinging the bat is, you know, what what the question mark is heading into to every year with me. It's like, hey, is this, this guy going to be good? You know, I've, I've been very inconsistent throughout my career. I'll be the first one to say that swinging a bat, trying to make the game look easy like a lot of these guys uh, is the hardest thing I've ever tried to do in my life. A lot of times I say, I swear I was supposed to be a pitcher, but <laughs> I just chose to be a position player. And uh, sometimes it shows, but timing, trying to, you know, hit like pitchers are just, they've always been good, but it's just like everyone's throwing a hundred now, 92, 93 mile power sliders. When you haven't seen that in six months, uh, you want to get as much preparation as you can get preparation as in it bats and, you know, just those reps, seeing that. And then you want to get your good swings off and, and you know, just try to see pitches. So um, a lot of different things. But once again, the, the more reps you get, the, you know, the more comfortable you feel. And uh, definitely a shortened spring training, uh, you know, affected that in in a lot of ways. But once again, that's the re- all 30 teams had the same amount of time right. to get ready. And, yeah. uh, you know, I definitely was had enough time to prepare. It's just once regular season happens, teams start, you know, doing the scouting reports. And once you show right. teams that they, you can't hit certain things, that's all you're going to get. And in spring training, it's just like, hey, pitchers are going to just go work on what they need to do. So yeah. you get pitched to way differently in spring than the regular season. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's hard, man. Hitting is is baseball is really hard in general for everyone. But uh, that's what makes it so great. Just chasing success, chasing to get locked in, all that. That's what I love so much. And right. for how much hitting can drive me crazy. That's, I mean, it, it's it's like that weird obsession where you just, you love the ups and downs to it. And it makes you appreciate when you do get locked in and, and try to slow the game down. I got to go. I got to just... Uh take a little pressure off you there. I think my, I feel like, um, you know, you might give yourself a little bit of a hard time there. The other day you did something pretty special. You talk about if you're locked in or not. Well, you did something you've never, apparently never done in your career. I, I look back, I was like, man, won state championships in high school, maybe you walked it off with a homer or something crazy. But um, when I read about that and heard you say that first walk off, uh, walk off home around the other day and then, in style, you know, in a, in a game where you guys are, you know, bullpen, just no hit in the team, which is, you know, unbelievable. 
Um, obviously, you guys fall down two to nothing. And uh, here it is. Game's on the line. You know, you got a chance to walk it off. I mean, I don't know if you think about that when you go into the plate or anything like that, but you got that opportunity and uh, let's hear about it. Yeah, you better believe I think about it. Um, I've been in that situation many a times and it's just, you know, I, I've had three walk-off hits in my career, but never, never a homer. And never a homer my, my whole life, literally high school, college, never, 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 never. So, uh, you know, the score was two to one. One of our uh, rookies, Taylor Walls, stole second. Then I got a two-one count. And I'm, okay, at that point, we're down one. And I was like, okay, let's not try to do too much. I've, I've been in this situation many times where I overswing or try to do too much and get a pitch I can handle, and I'm trying to end the game. Uh, and that when I got to a two-one count, I said, let's just hit a like a single to left center. Let's just be on time, nice and easy. Let's just keep the game going. And then I got a ball, and I got the three-one, and my mindset completely changed. Where I was like, I'm going to get a heater right here been struggling this season they have to pitch to me I'm going to be on time and I'm going to do some damage and I it was weird when I stepped before I stepped into the box I took there I just felt like a calm before the storm it was it was weird yeah but if looking back on it I was like I just I was in the right mindset and I just felt like it was just meant to be in the next pitch got a heater in was on time put a great swing on it and uh hit my first career walk-off homer, and I just blacked out. I mean, it was it was pure joy. When, when you ran first, the reaction you had when you ran first base, it's not something that you've sort of like, you know, in your head thought before you get to the plate, like, oh, if I hit this, I'm going to act like this or anything. It's just straight, can't even help what you're doing. I've I've tried to predetermine, <laughs> like, what, what am I going to do if I ever do that? And it's not so much around the base. It's like, what am I going to do as I head into home plate? Am I going to jump? Am I going to? Who know like because you don't know how many times you're gonna be able to do that for me i've been on this planet for 32 years and uh never had that moment happen and then once i did it i just that was just pure um in the moment yeah. everything i did it was amazing just an amazing win for us like grant said um we had one hit and they had zero hits heading into the 10th and uh our bullpen, we had a bullpen day. They threw great, and then they ended up scoring two in the tenth, and it was just like such a buzzkill, uh, just because our, our pitchers did so good, and we just couldn't give them any runs. And then the bottom of the tenth happened, and put together a couple good abs, and, and it got to me where the game was on the line, and you know I came through. But that was, uh, like I said, such an awesome moment for me personally, and then uh, you know such a great win for us as well because you know like i said it's been a little up and down for us so far this year and that was a huge win and and then we won the next day to to get a series win versus a division rival so it was incredible man i was on cloud nine and uh i'll be i'll be watching that for for years to come well that's uh that's the at bat you go back and uh and take a look at dig yourself a little bit get back in the box and go get them but uh, you did it on a good night did on a saturday night Against the rivals, you know, packed house. So uh, no better time to do it than, than that, buddy. That was yep. awesome. I was uh, I was sitting at the house watching, and uh, I was pumped for you. Thank really, you. Really, really cool. You, thank you. Kevin, you have a, a teammate who's had some memorable walk-offs himself. What's it like playing next to reliever, outfielder, 
a teammate, whatever you want to call him, Brett Phillips, because I feel like every time I turn on TV, I know, he's something else on the baseball field. He's all over the place, yeah. Yeah, he uh, he's entertaining. He's a he's a great outfielder, um, and I know he's you know he's he's pitched and made that great play a couple weeks ago where he was on the mound, and yeah. you know we're getting stomped stomped on by the A's, and he comes in the game, and then, and then everyone um, that was the most exciting part of the game easily, and uh, like I said, you never know what to expect with him. Each and every day, great, great teammate, always happy, always uh, consistent with his demeanor. You know, his walk off at the World Series was incredible. And uh, but, yeah, we, we got a bunch of great different personalities in that clubhouse. And, and he's definitely the one that uh, we're asked about all the time. His <laughs> laugh. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. His laugh. I mean, him yeah. doing his pitching and, and everything. But uh, like I said, he's a great he's, uh, teammate. You never guy. know. One yeah, he is one of a kind, and uh, good. You know, he had some huge, huge at bats for us last year. Um, hit three grand slams in like fifth in a matter of fifteen plate appearances. Wow! Um, so he definitely, when his name is called upon, he's been huge for us. Like I said, he's an elite defender as well. Don't sleep on that. He is. That's what he's no. known for, and um, he's helped us time and time again. So I think you've been asked this question before. What do you prefer to do? Would you prefer to hit a home run or rob a home run? You've robbed many home runs. You rob home runs for fun. It's just kind of what you do out there. Yeah. You, you enjoy yourself. You love playing center field. You, you take it. You've got so much passion out there. Now I got the ask you question. What's better, a walk-off home run or robbing home runs? Walk-off homer, not even close. Just hitting homers <laughs> in general because yeah. I think everyone knows what to expect from me out there defensively. Yeah. You know, my defense will never slump out there uh, for the time being, at least. But, but as I've aged, I've still tried to stay in that elite category. But um, once again, for me, everyone wants to see me swing the bat more and more, as do I. So I'll take homers any day just to – uh keep myself in the lineup and, and try to make that offensive contribution. But at the same time though, um, boy, there's nothing like robbing a Homer and, and helping that pitcher out because I know how much guys live and die through every time they take that mound. And anytime you can limit runs or, you know, especially if it's in a big moment and get a big hug from that pitcher, that is the most gratifying feeling you could ever ask for because you know you made a huge impact on, on that game but on that on your pitcher as well and it's just um you know people helping people that's what it's all about but at the end of the day grant if i'd be lying if i said hitting a homer <laughs> let alone a walk-off i'll take a walk-off homer any day of the week all right all right i gotta ask you man you talked about the roller coaster season the ups and downs everything else if you go back the game's so different now, right? From even when you met Grant, when you first came up to the big leagues back, what was that, 2014, 2015, yep. around that time. So even in that span, like when I watch, and I you know, obviously cover a lot of baseball, and I, I played in an era where you had scouting reports and you had, some, you had some good information, whatever, but nothing like today. And a lot of people, I hear it all the time, people who don't hit, they say, oh, yeah, well, they've got so much information. They can, you know, basically with all the analytics, they can, you know, it helps them, helps them, helps them. But it's, first of all, hitting's freaking hard. You've already said that, right? And you have yep. these ups and downs seasons. Do, how much of that, like, 
when you're talking about and the, the Rays are really a super analytical team, right? And obviously, I'm, I'm guessing that goes in the clubhouse as well. How much of that stuff do you take on board? Like from from a actual player standpoint, talking to people who've never hit, there is that human element, obviously, right? We all know that. But for you personally, how much of that stuff, and let's say in the last two to three years, has been, let's say, beneficial, or it's just like ah, it's just too much information. Like, where do you stand on on, on everything when it comes to everything, all the information you get? Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit on both sides. I always try to stay old school as possible. I've always said that, and I, I truly mean that. For me, I'm better when I keep things more simple. When I think anything I do in life, I become worse at and especially on a baseball field like I'm better when I just go off my instincts and just let everything happen and I say that because now like hitting you got you know launch angle and exit velocity all that there's things I do like I like what I like seeing what my exit velocity is on on certain times because if you're hitting the ball hard it's like okay I'm not getting hits, but I'm hitting the ball at a very hard rate right now they will they'll fall I'm just glad I'm barreling things up but launch angle, I know when I hit a ball, good. I know when I, um, I'm not worried about, I couldn't even tell you the degrees. Uh, I got teammates who could sit here and tell you the ideal 30 degrees at 100, exit below, all this. <laughs> but I just, I want to feel good. I want to feel athletic in the box. I want to give myself a chance to see the ball. And if I'm on time and, you know, that's when I feel like I'm, I'm giving myself a chance. But there are certain things with, pitching like at, at Tropicana at our field we have something that's listed up on the scoreboards you know back in the day it's just how hard is the pitcher throwing but now we have something called x break and y break and the y break is the vertical movement so if a guy has really good carry on his fastball it shows up after every pitch so it's like okay this guy's got 22 inches of carry at 95 miles per hour. That, and it's, that's an elite heater just because of the carry itself. And, and those numbers, it's like, okay, this is what this guy is doing today. And then the X break is, is horizontal movement where you can tell if a guy's throwing really good sinkers or two seamers yeah. and kind of understanding them numbers more before you're at bat, you kind of have an idea of what their pitches are doing even before Mm-hmm. Um, you go up there and you watch like what our pitchers do. And sometimes they have better carry some days. And it's like, okay, they struck out 12 today. And then five days later, the carry is like 17 or 18 and they're striking yeah. out less. And, and baseball yeah. works in, in very crazy ways. But numbers, there are certain things that, that make sense. Um, but I, I still, I, I'm better when I just don't process a whole lot of information and just do what I've done my, my whole life. And, but at the same time, you try to adapt and use the new information like that, the X break and Y break to, to help you. But for me, I probably pay attention um, on the lighter end of the spectrum with players nowadays, but I know there's a lot of guys like me where, you know, they don't want to be thinking or it just seems like a big math equation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Did, did, first of all, I've been to the trop. This is up on the scoreboard. They're showing this as, as next to the mile per hour. The, the, the X and Y break, it's like in the, it's on left field. Wait, there's like okay. the alternate scoreboard way over there, and is we know where to look. Was that put up? Was that for fan experience, or was that more for you guys when they put that up? I don't 
think it's for us, but at the same time, I know we're looking yeah, right. at it more than anyone because we know how valuable it is. Yeah. But the average fan probably looks at that and they're like, what in the world does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. And I was saying the exact same thing when it was like put up two years equation. ago. <laughs> yeah. But you see it nowadays. Um, yeah. There will not be a bullpen thrown in the big leagues without um, Rap Soto. a camera okay, or yeah. Rap Soto, track man. There, there's so many different things on there. Everyone has that camera on them at all times. And they're sitting here, look, you know, the pitchers are, yeah, they're looking at their spin and doing all that. And I guarantee back in the day when Grant did that, that was never, yeah. never a thing. But now I'm telling you, there's not one bullpen or a side that is thrown without those things on. Is there some young players you come across and you're just like, dude, like you, you're getting in your head. It's just too much, man. Like when they come up, obviously different, a little bit different generation, but you, there must be young players that you're around that you're like, Hey, just ease up on all the because I've seen dudes do that, like in the bullpen, throw a pitch, wham, just look straight at the iPad screen for to check out what the rap solo numbers are, you know. And yep. to me, I'm just like, dude, get a feel first. Like, do you ever run into that with young players? Yeah, and um, you can't sit here and and tell guys what to do or any because everyone everyone knows what they need to do to be successful, but. Uh, it's just you, you try to give positive reinforcement. Hey, I don't care what your numbers are or anything. Like, dude, you, yeah. you still go get out. Yeah. It's like you get on that. I don't care if your carry is not right. what it needs to be or your spin on your breaking ball isn't where you want it to be. Like, you're still going out there. And every time you tow that rubber, you're yeah. getting out. So be okay with that. And we are, you know, we're all so programmed to like be the best players we can try to be the most, you know, at a consistent level. But there's yeah. times where, um, you know, our performance or the numbers aren't going to be what you want to, what you want them to be. But if you're still getting outs and, and, you know, if your velocity is down three or four miles per hour randomly, it's okay. Like you, yeah. that's where you got to know how to pitch and, and locate right. and do certain things like that. And I'm not a pitcher, so I, I'm not going to sit here and tell a pitcher what to do, but like, but, but said, what, about, a, what about on the, what about on the hitting side? Like young hitters come up and like, Oh my, whatever launch angles doing this or blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. you just say, dude, just relax. Or, or if they're getting too much into all oh, the pitchers doing this and that, and I get it, I mean, you gotta be smart, but at the same time, there has to be some feel, right? Like young hitters who are just getting too caught up in that. Yeah. I, I, I still think at the end of the day, we're always like just worried about our, our swings and our setup. And it's just like, yeah. man, why am I not getting to this pitch yeah. or that pitch? Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I sit, I've been sitting here asking myself the same questions, my, my whole career. And when you do see young guys put a lot of pressure on themselves or, or, um, you know, just knowing a, a recent stretch of struggles is getting the best of them. That's where me being around for a while now, just take them to, uh, somewhere behind closed doors and remind them how good, they are and once yeah. again that positive reinforcement is it goes a long way especially from a young guy hearing it um from a guy like me who's been around and same you know i can say the same thing back when i was a rookie back in 2014 when i had guys like evan longoria james loney ben zobris picking me up in times where i was getting exposed as a rookie yeah. and hearing it from the old guys who had my back made me feel really good it's like okay right. these guys will they want to see me succeed they want to help me um, and once again, people helping people, that's what makes the world go round. And, and that's the way the, the baseball world has always worked. And, and hopefully the way it always will be, we're yeah. trying to make each other better. And that's what it's all about. So yeah. you're, 
very much a veteran on this Rays team that has been incredibly successful. There's also a lot of turnover with the Rays. What's it like being one of the only guys that's been there for almost a decade now? You talked about Longoria, but now you're the Longoria to these younger guys, the Francos of the world. Yeah, I, I love it. I'm, um, I'm so proud to, to have worn this Rays jersey for as long as I have. It, it's, it's not easy to do it with any organization, but especially with, with one like the Rays where, like you said, there is so much turnover. But I love – love 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 meeting new teammates and playing against or playing with guys who I've played in the past and trying to you know learning things about those guys and uh that's what is my favorite thing about baseball where even when you go on the road and you play against a teammate that you had like I love go get breakfast or lunch with yeah. some of the old guys creating these uh these bonds and these memories with with the guys you go to battle with every day is uh, my favorite thing. And it, and it really is like a fraternity or a brotherhood, whatever you want to call it. But I love having new guys come to our organization and show them what we're about. We love to have fun. We celebrate winning. And it's just, I, I'm, I'm so lucky to be in the position I am. But like I said, I know one team and one team only. And a lot of guys come up to me and they're like, dude, that's so cool. Like, if I had it my way, I would love to do the same thing rather than be on a different team every year. Like, this is my home. This is the place where I love to be. It's where I'll live forever. And this is the only jersey I want to put on. And, uh, man, I feel like a lucky man sitting here right now saying all that. Hey, Kevin, we've got a lot of people who aren't raised fans or outside of Tampa listening I got to ask you this, but how do they do it? Like, and the reason I say that, obviously, you know, you could sit here for an hour and you don't have enough time to really dive into it. But you hear this and during the lockout, right? During the lockout, there's always, oh, yeah, you're going to make a a salary floor. And and there's some of this that I agree with. But at the same time, it's like, well, look at what Tampa's doing, right? They don't go crazy on the budget. They have this certain system. But being inside the locker room and being a player, you've been there for a long time. You've seen changes and turnover with players and stuff how if, if you could sum up how do they do what they do to get to the playoffs and be competitive in the al east the way that you guys do hey man i got i just gotta cut you off there. that's that's like the secret sauce in the italian sauce man you can't yeah. tell everybody <laughs> no but but i'll say this because um that's i think that's what people like what are the rays doing well we're we're trading for guys who might not have worked out for other organizations, especially pitchers. It's like yeah. our our scouts and our development people see someone with a different organization who has like a five or a six ERA, but it's like, hey, this dude's throwing yeah. mid-90s with great carry and, and a great breaking ball. It's just he might not just be in a position to succeed right now, but if we get him in our organization, in our uniform, we promise we will turn this around. And we've we've done that with so many players especially the last three years where they might not have panned out for other places. And then they are like darn near all-stars with us type of guys, like people who don't know their names or anything. We, and, and that's how I describe our team. We probably have the least amount of household names in the big leagues on our team. But at the same time, those guys are well above average big league players and it shows just from our roster from from top to bottom and the opposition who we play they know how nasty 
our, our pitchers are and, and, and what we can do. But the way we bring guys up to the minor leagues and the trades that we have made recent, it's like, how in the world do we get these guys? Hold on, Carter. How do we get these guys coming over to our, like, what was the GM from the other team thinking? But it's worked out time and time again. And our uh, GM, Eric Neander, is a genius. And it's just been amazing how uh, how many guys have had, like, coming out parties with our team, like dozens and dozens. And that's right. why we've been so good. It's incredible. And some, I, I don't know, it's just like we make trades and it's like, hey, it's going to work out for us. You know, what is it? Since 2008, the Rays have had a lot of success, you know, and team players want to go and, and get to the playoffs. They want to have a chance to win that ring. So it also helps bring a lot of players to the organization too, you know? Yep. And, True. Uh, just a fun team to watch. You guys have been awesome, mate. I, I did want to highlight one other thing. I know there's been a lot of talk about it. You finally got a chance to go up there and meet your brother in Chicago. I know oh, yeah. that was a highlight yeah. for you and your brother. I know I, I was reading up there a couple of chances you had. You had the hip fracture, pandemic, probably wondering, will this ever happen? 2022 yep. rolls around and uh, you stroll into Wrigley Field. Maybe just a quick little summary on how that felt just that weekend up there. A lot yeah, of childhood was, memories too, so there's a lot yeah. behind it, right? Yeah, it was incredible. And, and for the people out there who um, – are unfamiliar with it. My older brother, Dan, is the head groundskeeper at Wrigley Field for the Chicago Cubs, and this is his third year as the head guy. And uh, his journey has been incredible, just even getting to the big leagues, but especially being a head guy at one of the most prestigious historic yeah. parks ever yeah. with Wrigley Field, uh, a team that we we grew up watching the Cubs. So it's I'm living the dream playing in the big leagues, and he, I mean, he could – like if he said what's his most ideal job that he could never imagine of it be being the head groundskeeper for the Cubs and here he is doing it. So yeah. going in there last week was absolutely amazing playing on his field. Uh, and, you know, we did a bunch of media stuff and uh, it was absolutely incredible. And I'm sitting here like, you know what, baseball works in mysterious ways. I'm going to hit like a go ahead homer or something tonight. I'm going to do something because the stars are aligning. And what do I do? I go out 0 for 4, 3 Ks the first night. <laughs> hey. Didn't play the second day in the last game. I uh, I hit a double right down the left field line. Um, but it, it was it was great seeing him and uh, just just having that moment. I had my whole family up there, um, and it was incredible and just something that we'll look back on forever and it was so weird being in the dugout just looking over and seeing him all the time and my teammates asking about him so it was any, uh any divots in center field mate trying to play with you a little bit out there any, little, any little snakies you cut the grass a little different for you or what? <laughs> yeah i asked them to possibly uh wet wet uh in front of home play a little bit more for for a butt but there you go. Uh, the weather was 38 degrees and rainy so the weather enough. provided for itself um but man it, it was so cold there and i i told him i said man for as excited how i was to come see you here in chicago i could not wait to say see you later and get back to tampa <laughs> because that weather was absolutely brutal and uh but yeah it was it was incredible and it was a, a three-day stint that i'll never forget 
Hey, Kevin, yeah. we have a segment called the All In Moment. Now, you've already given a couple big All In Moments. It's actually sponsored by All In Energy Drink. I don't know if Grant, if you've got it. There we go. Uh, <laughs> and by uh, the way, we're going we're gonna to send you a case of these, mate. You, you're going okay. to be hitting 400 with these and 50 bombs. I'm telling you right now. Fantastic. Hey, overnight them. Overnight them, please. <laughs> Uh, All right, they're coming, so, they're coming from Seattle. It's a it's a local company up. In yeah, Seattle. you playing so the I've already right reached now, out so. to him. I said, send him to the clubhouse. That's it's, right. Um, got a couple of knocks in him, buddy. That's okay. right. All right. So it's it's yeah, okay. So we're gonna do this a little bit different because you've already rattled off a couple of big moments. But it's time for the All In moment. Brought to you by All In Energy Drink, the official energy drink of the Top Step. All In has hit an absolute walk off bomb. There we go for Kevin Kiramaya. Uh, on when it comes to taste and being better for you, something you can feel great about drinking. Go to all go to drinkallin.com. All right, Kevin, I want to ask you this, man. Come out of high school, you don't go to a big school, big four year college. I don't know if that was by choice. You went to a JUCO, your 31st round pick. So usually we get some guys on here and sometimes I'll be honest with you, like, yeah, yeah, first rounders. All right. It's going to kind of be a yeah. straight tra trajectory. We've got a lot of kids watching right now. If you were talking to a 15, 16 year old, whether it's a 16 year old Kevin Kiramire or someone who's maybe flown under the radar a little bit, what's, what's the message you got for him, man? What's, what's that, that all in message you got for him? Yes. You have to work at a level that you never thought you could in your whole life and, and me saying yeah I was the 31st rounder 941st pick the 2010 draft I'm, I'm so proud of that and all I wanted was an opportunity to show a team what I could do and the Rays were the team that picked me and you have to like I said work and be obsessed with perfecting your craft at a level that you never thought you could even get to i mean i'm talking yeah. you know who now there's so much social media and all this stuff but who are you behind closed doors when no one's watching and for me i was that guy once i got to juco and had scouts talk to me i was running sprints in the parking lot at night and trying to see how good i become at baseball because i never focused on that. i played baseball football basketball my whole life but once i was like okay i'm gonna go play pro baseball i'm gonna see how good of a player I can become. It's just something I became obsessed with. I still am to this day. Um, you have to, you have to outwork guys like me. I'm not the best player, but I take a lot of pride in, in how hard I work when, when no one's watching and, you know, doing arm care stuff, trying to just mm -hmm. maximize my potential each and every day. And I, and, you know, you sit here and it's, it's 12 months throughout the year trying to, take your body to places you've never been. And, and once again, executing once you're on the field and, and doing things that most people aren't. Yeah. And that's just in a nutshell, Grant can attest to that too, but yeah. you have to outwork the rest of the competition. And if you don't, you better have a good backup option. And for me, I threw all my eggs in one basket and I said, I'm making this work. I don't, I don't have any haters or anyone telling me I can't make it. It's up to me. I control my own destiny. And uh, like I said, all I wanted was an opportunity and I got it. and I've made a career out of it. I love hearing that kind of stuff from guys who have made it three-time gold glover, but incredible all-in advice for kids. If you're listening, was brought to you by All In Energy Drinks, available at drinkallin.com. Use the promo code, the top step, all caps to receive 10% off. So Kevin Kiermaier, this has been amazing. Guys, you guys got anything? I don't want to keep you too long, man. You, you, you got to get to the field. Gotta go.
pitch to my son in the front yard, and then I'll go. Oh, there you go. The there field go. here in a little bit, so we'll be good. How, how old is two, he? Two little studs. Two little studs on the way. Yeah, man. I got a one-year-old and and one who is about three and a half. So he loves loves baseball. So I know he's the one who came in a little bit right. ago, wanting me to pitch <laughs> yeah. to him. So we'll That's go awesome. make that happen here and here shortly. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's All awesome, right. buddy. Well, awesome. hey, congratulations on uh, on your second son there too. Um, Thank you. You're uh, only only seven to go, mate, for the to get your get your own mind on the field. So good luck with all that. <laughs> but uh, I man, think we're just going to keep a battery, just a pitcher and a catcher. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's all you need. Okay. Keep it at that. You guys, yeah. uh, you got. I know you got. Uh, like you said, man. You, you uh, I can sit here and say you've won the Hot and Hustle Award for the Rays for many years for a reason. You're the epitome of running down the line, beating out balls, playing hard, going balls to the wall. Playing for you, playing for the guys on the mound, chasing balls down, saving guys ERAs at the end of the year or one because because you've caught yeah you know, robbed how many homers for them? So not sitting on a sixth. <laughs> People wonder why pitching in Tampa and the ERAs are low because they got pretty good damn defense out there. So oh, a lot of times that, that takes a lot of uh, pressure off the pitchers too. You gotta you That's gotta right. admit oh, the pitcher God. on the mound when you know you got guys that can play behind you. Now, all right, I don't have to strike this guy out every time. That's a lot of pressure on a guy on the mound. Just throw the damn ball over the plate. Guys, you got some gloves behind you. Just, just trust That's right. it. It's kind of right. nice to have. So, yes. anyway, buddy, hey, awesome to have you on. Yeah, it's been Go great. down there tonight and uh, whoop on those Mariners. Hey, we got a lot of Mariners hey. fans here. I know, I know. <laughs> But uh, half of our half of our listeners are probably Mariners fans. But uh, hey, I love you guys. But uh, you know, it's going to be a couple of days here. Where I got to root against the Mariners. <laughs> yep, that's right. Kevin, if right. you go deep tonight, everyone's going to want to come on the podcast the next day. So that's right. That's right. Oh, I know you guys. You that's guys are point. setting the bar high for me. So right. uh, hey, it's all it's all good, buddy. Go out there and <laughs> let it loose. All right, buddy. We'll take care. Well, thank Thanks you guys. Very much. Thank you guys Kevin. for Appreciate having me. Yeah, you guys, you guys are great. Love doing stuff like this. Um, thank you. Great talk. Awesome. Thank All you, guys. Balf, you ain't kidding, mate. What an absolute legend. Nah, yeah, mate. He's a top bloke. He's a top bloke. Like you said, mate, he, uh, he's worked for everything he's got. You know, not a high pick or anything like that, but he's proud of that. And I, I, can, yeah, I, I, I can come, I can understand that. You know, not signing for a lot of money, coming from Australia, yeah. having to prove yourself, and then getting to those levels and being – He's very humble in what he says. Oh, might not be one of the best players. Well, hang on a second. You're yeah. pretty much the best out, best center fielder roaming around in, in the big leagues for the last 10 years. Uh, there's not too many more that, that match up to him with the glove out there. I know he said hitting's hard, and it is. There's one thing we didn't really get to talk about, and that was something I just noticed today. The batting average in the major league at the moment, the average batting average, I don't know if you guys want to guess. You probably might know, Ryan. It's sitting at 232 right now, the lowest it's ever been in Major mm. League history, 232. Yeah. So it shows you how good pitching has gotten. Talks about everyone throwing 100. It's no joke. There is. Well, that, that's, why I wouldn't, so that's why I wanted to ask him about That's why I wanted to ask him about the spring training, having the shortened spring training. You can, yeah. you can see the, the effects of that. The thing is, too, I, I want people to understand, and if you're a true baseball fan, you understand this. Coey the Apprentice, you know this. Grant, you know this. But if you listen from Australia, when winning a gold glove, there's only one per position. Playing yeah. his position is the premier outfield position. You have to be one of the best athletes. Not only that, 
in years past, it was a little bit different in 2020. They changed the, how, how the, the way they awarded gold gloves. Like, example, Evan White, right? Won one in Seattle. Prior to that, it was a lot of it was about, you know, I don't know how to put this. And you guys might be able to explain it better than me. You might be a frigging weapon out there. But if you're not like a name, you have to still be a name. You have to be, a, you know, it, it was kind of BS sometimes. Like when some dude would win a, a gold glove over someone else. Like, Hold on a frigging second. Yeah. The fact that he's won three is ridiculous. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. And not that's only did insane. he win, not only did he win a gold glove one year in 15, he won the platinum. So that's the best yeah. of the best again. So yeah. like it just shows how how elite he is out there. And I know we didn't really get to talk about it either, but uh the night after he hit the walk-off, he made a made a web jam basket catch over the shoulder. Stuff that you just don't see right. only from those handful of guys in the outfield you, you know you saw springer the other night dive out for a ball you see trout you, you see guys making these plays but you just see the cream of the crop how yeah. they just seem to be able to get to those balls they have the instincts the speed and it's it just makes the, the game fun to watch well, i hope we get a chance to, to talk more about what he, he he's got we're going to get another chance to talk to him hopefully in person right that, that's something that's coming up in the future hopefully we get a chance to talk to kevin kiermaier in, in person because you can really dive into his backstory i'll say this again man you're a 31st round pick usually if you get to the big leagues and you, and you can stick around for a few years hey that's amazing the fact that you were able to do that but yeah. you wouldn't friggin' gold gloves like it, it just blows my mind anyway it's just it's insane when you think about that it's amazing i love the fact the advice he gives to six we've got a lot of young kids listening to this show i just yeah. love it when they hear it from the horse's mouth man Kelly, the apprentice what we, what do you have yeah, just he obviously makes some of those highlight reel plays. We talked about him robbing homers and we've seen him dive all over the field. But every time I watch a Rays game, I feel like he's gliding to the ball where it'll be a ball in the gap. And you're like, oh, that's a double. And next thing you know, Kiermaier's like camped under it. Like it was easy. He gets he yeah. such good routes. He's so fast. And then he's got that cannon for an arm throwing guys out at every base. I think that's what makes him so special. So even if the bat isn't necessarily a top you know, 20 bat in the league, his defense is so much better than the guys oh, yeah. around him. He's still an impact player. Yeah. There, Jackie Bradley, Jackie Bradley with the Red Sox. I went to AAA with the Red Sox in 2013. I really noticed it with him. Now, I don't know what he's doing lately. I haven't even kept up with defensively what he's up to lately. But I was like, man, this kid just like camps under frigging balls that other guys are running to. It's insane, dude. It's just, it blows my, again, I'm a, I'm a pitcher. I love talking pitching and everything else. But when you watch guys, when you watch them in person, when you actually go to a game and you pay attention before the, because you're usually watching the pitch in the head or whatever. If you just kind of glance out and watch these guys as the pitch comes in and that first step, it is insane. Anyway, I don't want to keep up too much with that, but it was just, again, if, if whether you're a Rays fan or not, Kevin Kiermaier, if you're a baseball fan, you should love watching him. And you should, that's someone who you should, especially for the younger generation, man. That's a good, good dude. Good egg to look up to. Top bloke. Yeah. Absolute top bloke. He's a top bloke. Man. Yeah. He's a good, I'm, bloke. I'm good bloke. Glad you dragged him on. Hey, did he seem different to when he first came up to the show? Did, did talking to him, did he seem different? I know you guys text and talk and stuff, uh, but. No, nah, mate. I mean, I, I think he's he's the same guy he's always been, you know, like yeah. you said, he, he's, he, he's always worked hard. I think he's the type of guy that, you know, he got to the big leagues. He knew what it took. It took a lot of hard work. He doesn't take that for granted. He works at himself, like he said, every single day he's out there 
trying to get better. And he enjoys that challenge of the ups and downs and yeah. the, you know, all right, I'm here. I'm going to get to there. I'm going to, he just wants the best out of himself. He's uh, like I said, he, he's going to continue to, you know, give it everything he's got every day he's out there. And that's, that's, that's the kind of play you want on your team. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm amped up now. Again, Kevin Curran. I know who he is. Obviously, I've watched him play. I've never had a chance to oh, talk yeah. to him. That's why I love, I love doing doing these having these guys on. Man, it's so cool hearing those stories. Yeah, yeah. and just hearing what they have to say. Their take on the game. Yeah, these days. Hey, real quick, we have to get going here because we, we've kept up. We've been going for too long here. But, <laughs> Coey, I'm going to ask you again. Now, I didn't put you. I didn't give this to you via text, right? I have asked you a couple times. Now, this this shows The Apprentice, the kind of work ethic. You heard about Kevin Kiramai working at a level, right, that way above anyone else. Now, this you need to take it to another another level, mate. I know you work hard and you do an ama- you amazing job with this show. You're the one cutting and editing and, and everything else. And you're a frigging beast on, on social and everything else, Coey. But... You want to take it to another level? I need to know NRL teammate. Who you got? <laughs> I knew it was coming. I was like, I was hoping the back of my heart. I was like, maybe he's got a baseball question for me. Uh, NRL. You know, I got a quick little Aussie story. Uh-oh. Um, the, ah, see, see that, see that diversion just straight off the rails. I like I'm getting to where I need to go. Let, hey, let. All right, go ahead. Let's go hear. ahead. This the summer after my senior year of high school, right before I came up to college. All my friends had already left for their different schools. So I was sitting on the beach by myself. Three Aussie dudes are playing Frisbee. And they seemed cool. So I went up and hung out with them a bit. Ended up getting dinner with them. We went to a concert on a boat in San Diego. It was a great week. These guys were awesome. And they're all from Melbourne, as they say it. And they're big fans of the Melbourne rugby teams. So that's where I'm going. I'm going, I don't remember the name. Uh, (laughs) Melbourne Storm. Storm. You've been doing you've been doing some homework, mate. Melbourne Storm. You looked up last week's score: seventy Melbourne to ten Storm. against the Warriors. They just dominate. They, they have for oh, a mate. long time. It's like they're, the least. They're, they're very very good. They're it's the it's the least league the town. The it's the least league town in Australia, and they just dominate. It's you know it does my head. They make in. a mockery of New South Wales and Queensland football. They do. They they're not even the Melbourne Storm are not even geographically located in a place where they have the state of origin. Which Coey, you need to look this up. Is the essentially the All Star game for for yeah. a rugby league and all the players? Hey, I've got a question for you. Maybe I've asked you this before. But I don't know. Who knows? If you're from Victoria. Yeah. What happens in the state of origin? What if you're the best you player in the play. world? Only, you, only play, <laughs> you only play if you're from New South Wales or Queensland. Now, this is something that might change over the years. In years you to come think in the future. How it would change. I, like, would, I wouldn't mind seeing just the Melbourne Storm playing against New South Wales or Melbourne <laughs> yeah, yeah. Storm playing against Queensland. Because I'll tell yeah. you right now, I think they beat them. Let, let me and, explain uh, that. Let, let me explain I mean, what we're talking about for Coey. I'm going to explain this to, to Coey and for, you know, 80% of our listeners are actually from the US. So I need to explain this. The state of origin is New South Wales versus Queensland. New South Wales, the state of New South Wales. How many teams are in New South Wales? I don't know. There's a bunch in Sydney and, and Newcastle and what have you, right? So you've got New South Wales and Queensland. Now, if you're from New South Wales, that state, which Grant and I are from, I, I grew up in Newcastle, Grant grew up in Sydney. And then you've got Queensland. My mum lives up in Queensland. It's Beautiful place up in Queensland. Shout out to all our Queensland listeners. Uh, no, but anyway, so so if you're from Queensland, you play for that state. You, if you're from New South Wales, you play for that state, right? Yet yeah. rugby league is played outside of those two states. That's in different towns and, and everything else. 
But it's always just been the traditions, right? The the Maroons versus the Blues. Maroons are the, the Queenslanders yeah. and, and the Blues are the New South Welshmen, right? Yeah. But you think about it, all of a sudden they introduced teams from outside of the two states. You would think, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is a while ago, you'd think that sort of maybe change the format or you have, is there any yeah. players, and maybe some people can help us out with this, is there any players from Victoria or Perth from Western Australia over the, on the West Coast? Or Adelaide yeah. in South Australia. I mean, anyone? I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they, really? I mean, they, def- they definitely is. I'm sure. Well, you got you got guys that you got guys that are from New Zealand, but those team, those guys that are playing with the Warriors, they're playing for international teams, so they're going to be playing for New Zealand on the international okay. level. You won't see them playing in the state of origin. You'll just see them playing for the Kiwis, uh, rugby league, yeah. and they'll yeah, play but- against Australia and England, but not. Not in any type of state of origin or that that level like that. It's just right. they they're just excluded from that because they're not born in in Queensland right. or New South Wales. I believe. I hope okay. hopefully I'm right on that. And right <laughs> in, if we're wrong, right in. I, but uh, what, what if you had Wally Lewis from Victoria? <laughs> the best. <laughs> I mean, the king. The king was obviously king. you know with the Maroons for a long time <laughs> up in Queensland. But yeah, the bloke was from Victoria. You wouldn't uh, probably wouldn't have the same kind of legendary uh, career Coey, that he had. I, I will I will admit that we might get sued here, but Coey, you know, I use Grant's login for his NRL account to watch the games, right? <laughs> so I watched my my Newcastle Knights get absolutely put just disgraceful display against yeah. Parramatta Eels last week. It, it was shocking. Yeah, okay, enough of that. We do have to go, but yeah, again, if you have any comments, if we're butchering the whole state of origin situation, if there is different rules, I'm not looking at it. I spent too much time looking up Kevin Kiramai before he came on, but this has been a blast, guys. We will yeah. we will do this again next week. All right, I'm mate. excited to talk to you guys. It's fun rooting for the guys too. Like we had Gilbert on a few weeks ago, and then now watching him pitch. Yes, I know that. I know. So, uh, the funny thing is, he uh, he'll be facing Kiamaya tonight. Seattle yeah. versus the race. So you got Gilly going up against the race tonight. How about so that? When, you, Kiermaier, when Kiermaier faces Gilbert, no matter what happens, the outcome is because of us. Exactly. And Gilbert exactly. punches him out, then Gilbert struck him out because of us. And if he goes deep, it's because of us. Hold on a sec. So, so we had a bunch of dudes in the offseason. Now, again, Kyle, I'm with you, man. Like Tyler Matzik, I'm paying close attention to him. Obviously, Mitch Hanniger is in Seattle. But Jesse Chavez, when Grant brought him on, I'm playing, uh, paying close attention to him. Bring yeah. up Jesse too. Just got traded back to the Braves. Did he? Chicago oh just got traded the other day. Watched him pitch for Chicago. Two days later, I texted him. I was like, "Mate, you're back back with the World Series uh, Braves again." He's like, "Yeah, mate, it's crazy, crazy That's game. nuts. That is nuts." Um, but yeah. yeah, no, it's funny. You just pay way more attention, and you just really root for these guys, man. Like big time, you know. It's nuts. But no, yeah, we got Logan Gilbert out a couple of weeks ago up against Kevin Kieran. Who are we going for? Let's go, Gilly. Sky champ. I'm going Kevin Kiermaier recency bias. We yeah, just fair enough. Him on. Fair enough. And pitching's easier than hitting anyways. Come on. That's true. Oh, it yeah. is. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Gilly, you'll be fine. <laughs> hey, he, can, he can give up three singles to KK and you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no worries. Fellas, this has been fun. We will see you this time next week. All right, mates. That was a blast. Kevin Kiramai, he's instantly one of my favorite players. I'll be watching him very closely. What an absolute legend. 31st round pick. I love hearing those stories. They're the best, especially when you're talking to 15, 16-year-old kids who just trying to get to get to places where Kevin Kiramai has gotten to. 
super, super cool. All right, guys, go click subscribe if you haven't already. Join the fun every week, every Tuesday, we drop a new episode. We have the best players in the game joining us. And we're just having a lot of fun too. Grant Balfour, he's not no more, no longer Balf, the Balfour rage. He's just a good dude. All right, I'm going to get out of here. I will see you guys next week right here on the top step.